Boom! There it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for another episode of the Business Bros Podcast, and we're going to be talking all about IT services. Man, technology is just changing. I feel like every single day there's something new coming out. So if you feel that way, then this episode's for you. Let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom, it can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus. All right, ladies and gents, on today's episode, we're going to be discussing the world of technology and innovation with a leader in the field. Our guest has over 30 years of experience, including executive positions at Fortune 150 global organizations and a passion for using technology to solve me uh, medical, societal, and social issues. With decades of techn uh, technical expertise and a commitment to excellence, this guest has found a founded a company that will provide innovative software solutions and professional services. So let's welcome to the show, Mr. Maurice Hamilton. Maurice, welcome to the program, man. Full of energy and ready to rock and roll. How you doing today? I'm doing great after the introduction. I'm really fired up now. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. We got to have some energy in this place. All yes. right, uh, IT, man. Let's talk about it. Uh, technology is going in all kinds of great, amazing directions. I literally have been playing with ChatGPT, new AI software that's been out lately. Um, and not just on that side, there's like all kinds of stuff that OpenAI has been putting out there. I mean, technology is so vast. Can you give me a little bit about what you guys are doing and how you're, you're helping customers? Sure. So one of the things that we do is we actually try to look at businesses and figure out how they can actually improve their processes. How how they can actually motivate their employees by making processes much easier and how they can get to market faster. And so some of the areas that we're looking at would be, one would be the AI. You mentioned uh, chat, the, the, the chat, new chat application is out there right now. Uh, we're looking at blockchain. We're looking at the machine learning. Those are some of the applications that we uh, work with our clients and actually help them take their uh, technology to another level. Right. Talk to me a little bit about the specific types of clientele, right? Because there's different types of businesses out there. Everything from, I'm starting at the very beginning, bootstrapping to like, you know, we have hundreds of employees and we're trying to get more efficient. Who is it that you're looking for? You know, actually a lot of our vertical markets, it could be either healthcare, it may be manufacturing, it may be distribution, it may be transportation. Uh, those are, retail will be another one of our big clients. Um, so those are the, the main vertical or areas that we look at, but we're not privy to just one particular vertical. If some, a client comes to us and we have a solution for them, we will try to fit their needs. So what is it? What is it that, uh, like, I, let's say I'm a client, I got a business, I'm ready to rock and roll. At what point do I reach out to, to your company for, for help? What is it that I'm experiencing? What kind of problems am I looking at that your, your company can help me with? Uh, let's just take one, for example, let's talk about process improvement. Let's say if you actually have a manufacturing company out there and you actually have your, your big 
uh, DC or distribution center, and let's say if it's like maybe a hundred thousand or so many hundreds of thousand or ten thousand square feet, whatever whatever the case would be, and you want to bring automation to it, one of the elements that we would do is we'll actually take a look at that and say, okay, what can we do? We can actually help you as, as uh, take with software and install labels on the product that you actually inventory into the system. And then we'll actually have the software set up so we can actually tell the, the forklift driver where to specifically take that, that particular pallet and where to put place that location. And then we'll actually go back and say, okay, now we're working with the inventory part of it. Now when it's time to ship the product, it makes it easier to go back to the, the scan area so we know where that product is at. But that's not where that's one of the main areas we do because companies are doing it right now. But we like to bring auto into automation into it. We like to have the automation so when you actually bring that product in the scan right at the at the at the end at the door when it comes in, uh, and then the scan when it goes back out. So it's bringing a lot more faster automation to it, and that automation is actually providing just in time information for the purchasing department. Uh, and the purchasing department takes that, that information and say, how can we use that when we order product? So on the back end of it, we're looking at this and how do we implement blockchain technology to that? So when the company wants to order something, they know what the quantities that they normally use because they're keeping data. Data is very, very critical in our business. We believe in capturing as much data as possible. And uh, when you capture that particular data, you know you can forecast X amount of months out. So now when you actually have a product coming in from 10,000 miles away, you actually have blockchain that's actually encrypted into the system so that you know that you can do just-in-time inventory where the chain of custody can actually take hold from the shipping carrier to it reaches the dock or wherever port of entry that's coming into from the truck company that takes picks the product up until they take it to their distribution center and when it takes it from their, their distribution center before they take it to your warehouse. That's, that's, I know it's kind of complicated, a lot of moving parts there, but we're trying to automate that product there their inventory system so they can actually have just-in-time inventory, keep their, their inventory costs as low as possible, but they're impl implementing something like blockchain and all the full features of automation into their distribution center or their warehouse facilities. Yeah, I want to break that down because what you, I mean, everything you described is absolutely vital. I just always feel like sometimes when we describe it from inside the industry, it'll it'll go over our heads. And you and I have shiny heads, so it'll just like really just grease over, right? So let me let me uh, let me show you. Let, let me break it down for you for a little bit. I, I like to think of Amazon, for example, right? So mm -hmm. Amazon is this giant warehouse of stuff. And if it was like, for example, my room when I was a teenager, you would never be able to find where my socks were, where my books were, where my, you know, whatever it was, because I just had a mess in my room. And if you run the warehouse kind of the same way, you as the warehouse owner might know where things are, but there's no system in place for anything to be tracked. Now, if you look at an Amazon warehouse, everything is systematized you know exactly how many of each thing that you have you know exactly where in the process it is you know how many are getting turned over i mean that automation process isn't something that we just kind of click in overnight that has a lot of meticulous planning that goes in that's involved there right absolutely i think amazon actually is an excellent example and it's a better example than i was giving because i'm a lot more specific i'm looking at it from one one level but let's amazon everybody can relate to amazon and i like to say with the amazon because before it even makes it to the amazon truck that we probably see every day if you go outside you go down your normal streets you're going to see an amazon vehicle someplace somewhere but before it actually gets to the amazon truck it has to come from a fulfillment center and before it even gets to the fulfillment center, it comes from a distribution center. 
So let's just imagine that that product has to be shipped all, uh, from a uh, from different manufacturing places that may be in the United States, that may be outside or or offshore. Then thinking about that Amazon example, it's got to make it someplace from somewhere from some country and make it to the port of entry. And it has to make it to that distribution center before it actually makes it to the fulfillment center before it makes it to, your, to, the, to the van. So that's where the blockchain technology comes into play is that now you're using and I can go into a little bit greater detail because people can relate to this. When you actually are using uh, a cryptocurrency, now you can actually go back and have a system in place where you're saying that if it comes from let's just pick a country in this case, let's say it's coming from China, it's coming from China, coming to the United States. You're using cryptography and you're actually paying in digital currency. So when it actually reaches, reaches a certain port, that particular that system has trust built inside of it. The Somebody has received it. The other person that sent it over gets paid. They don't have to wait months and months and months. The process is much faster because now you're using like digital cryptography or in this case, you're probably using something like Ethereum to actually pay somebody. And this actually has trust built into the system it has a, uh, it, it's, it's a, a system with general ledger. So people can't go back and change those records. They can't manipulate it. Everything is solid and locked down. Does that help a little bit? Yeah, it totally does. And, and I want to kind of uh, talk a little bit about the efficiency there, right? Because, you know, in, in any business, there's always going to be bottlenecks. And the, the fewer bottlenecks that you can have in your business from wherever you're developing all the way to the customer uh, getting that particular product or service, the fewer touches, the fewer bottlenecks, the more efficient your product will be, the faster your client will get it. And essentially, you, the, the, the more efficient your business is, the more it's going to help your bottom line. So you're describing a product coming all the way from China. That's a lot of different touch points that somebody has to keep track of. To do it the old-fashioned way with a, you know, a paper manifest and stuff, that's, you know, that that's where a lot of businesses start. You're talking about removing some of those touch points with just something as simple as a SKU and using the blockchain to to transfer payment across multiple currencies, by the way. Like that, that will help in that in the in the efficiency of the process, so that the customer gets the product faster and the business makes more money. Am I understanding you correctly? You are you are one hundred percent correct because now you're building into the process machine learning. So you're making it so that the like for example that forklift driver doesn't have to think anymore of where to place their product. The system is smart enough to tell him or her you need to go to this particular row, this particular aisle, and place in this particular bin number. It tells them exactly where they need to place the, the, the product because it's the it's, there's intelligence built inside why it's actually placed in that particular location. It could be a fast moving product. It may be a product that may not that, that may not sell right away, but the, there's intelligence built into it. And you're right. The more intelligence that you actually have built into the system, the the more and less I should say the less human and uh, human touches that you have with it, you let machine learning take it over. It makes it better and the process more efficient. So that way, less chances of something going wrong because you're just look reading and following instructions. So you're so you're spot on with that. And let's face it, it's business. Something is going to happen. Life kind of happens, right? We literally just came out of 2020 where we had shipping issues left and right. We've had things backed up. Maybe, uh, you know, worst case scenario, you lose uh, bins at sea as they're getting transferred over. The cool thing about having some of this software in place is you know exactly what part of your system falls off. The software will tell you, you lost X number of inventory. Or on the flip side, 
as you're selling these things, the system's telling you, hey, it's February. You usually have X amount and this month versus it's December, you don't usually, you don't have as much product during that month. So the analytics and the data that comes in while using the software will also help you track when mistakes are made or when you need to re-up, right? Absolutely. And you can actually have it. And you mentioned losing the uh, containers. If you actually have GPS and use global tracking devices on your containers, you're not going to lose that container. You're going to know where it is. As long as you have a, a global satellite feed, you're going to know where that is. And you put tracking devices on it. You want to put any, uh, some kind of uh, devices on your, your assets so that way you could track them throughout the system where you always know where everything is at. And I mentioned before about data. And, you know, they always say uh, data is king. If, if data is king and content is queen, if you're doing marketing, but data, we work with data. We work with data lakes. We work with data analytics. And we want to make sure that our clients are capturing as much data as possible when it comes to inventory, when it comes to uh, distribution, when it comes to assets in that particular manner. But on the other end of the aspect, we want to make sure that our clients are are tracking as much data as possible so when they actually going out to sell to their clients they know where their clients are they know where the best demographics are location because everything is based on the data and the analytics because you're capturing all of that information on both fronts of it plus i mean something as simple as as the consumer confidence right like mm -hmm. i know one of the reasons why people love amazon is because i'll know hey your product has been shipped hey expect delivery at you know, be, it, within minutes is what they're telling you on some of these emails that you get. Hey, it'll be here at 10, 15 or, you know, whatever it is. Back in the day, I mean, I remember there's still service providers today that are like, hey, we're going to come out, lock out a four hour window for somebody to come out. I mean, that's like, you know, for, for a consumer side, that's a lot of time to be giving up. But to know the specifics with a click of a link, I can track exactly where this product is, how far away it is. How beneficial is it from the consumer side to be able to have that information? Absolutely. And the more information that, and I always tell people, if you actually look at your process, the more information that you can actually provide to your clients that actually increase that customer experience, because like you gave the example, if you could take that window and narrow that window from a whole day, from, from even four hours and see if you could take that down to uh, maybe a, a even more specific, specific into like a two hour window or one hour window and give someone like a 30 minute notice the, the, because you're using analytics to go back and look at predictability models because you have a general idea of when that person will actually read that, that particular location. It, it works out. It's very beneficial if you actually have that data, if you actually crunch that number. So, you know, using statistics and predictability models to, uh, to forecast that. Now Absolutely. we use the example of Amazon. Amazon is a goliath of a company, right? But there are all, I mean, it, that doesn't mean that there aren't other types of companies or smaller types of companies that could use or benefit from having strategic systems like this put in place. So what's the bread and butter that you're looking for? What does a company look like that would, would best fit the services that you're offering? I mean, that's a really great question. So, and you're right, you're not looking at just like a really big, huge company like Amazon, but let's just say you own uh, a uh, a chain of uh, tire companies. What, it would be nice to know what the, the, how you can actually track that assets with, with the, the inventory of tires, inventory of batteries, uh, keeping track with the supply chain when working with your with your uh, your distributors and your the people that's actually giving you the product, so you can see online inventory. You can do forecasting uh, for to, to actually help with your business. So these that that utilizing data and data analytics, it can be used for 
pretty much any company out there when I think about it, probably not the really, really small like grocery stores in that particular manner. But if you're receiving uh, assets and when you actually want to make sure that you're not tying in your working capital uh, for months and months and months for just to have something in stock, if you haven't sold a, a product in so long, you want to be able to have that data and all that information handy so you can reduce that working capital. You can use that working capital to uh, to use it for like marketing for other areas of your business or even hiring additional people. So who's the who's the bread and butter that you're looking for? What type of I mean, you mentioned multiple verticals, but mm -hmm. like, is there a specific uh, industry? Maybe a number of employees? Maybe a gross revenue? Like, who? If if I'm thinking, hey, this might be a good fit for me. What type of companies are you looking for? Uh, you know, and it, it could be different. It could actually be government. We work with fleet management, and we work with uh, with tracking devices and tracking software, so we could do monitoring for our clients. So we can go to different cities and different municipalities out there, and we can work with them. And they only may have, let's say, uh, uh, let's say fifty devices or fifty assets in their particular city. It could be a small city, but they can still be beneficial. We use our services where we can actually provide those that that kind of uh, uh, tracking for them or to, for their assets. Uh, with distribution, I gave, we gave the examples. We talked extensively about Amazon with distribution, and then we talked about transportation. Uh, but you can also be a construction company out there. You may have a construction company with, let's say, 200 pieces of equipment. You want to know where your equipment are. You want to be able to track that information. You want to be able to provide maintenance for that information so you can reduce the, the number of times that that product can actually break down and give you mechanical issues. The more information that if you provide that software and provide data for that, and you can uh, manage it and, and maintain it, it makes it more beneficial for your organization. So I would, that's why I would, when I mentioned earlier that it doesn't necessarily have to be a uh, one of those kind of a, like a distribution, transportation or, or, or warehousing type of location. We can also work with, uh, for example, we work with a large uh, healthcare company and they have a different uh, uh, clinics around the United States. And one of the things we do is we actually provide them with the information uh, via a security cameras. So we put the security cameras that are not only give the, the patients coming into the, the clinic a peace of mind and, and their employees and knowing that their, their systems are being monitored, but on the back end of that, we can actually track how many people do we see going into that facility. So you can actually monitor traffic flows. You can take that traffic flows and say, huh, we can use this information for marketing. Because we know on these this day these days between these particular hours we see a big up uptick in in uh, in uh, uh, patients that's coming to the to to our facilities. So you want to use that information to staff accordingly. So it, information in the data can be used for uh, a lot of different areas, a lot of different vertical markets. To say that in short. All right. Technology has uh, oftentimes been related with a steep learning curve. I mean, for example, I have an iPhone. I watch these TikToks all the time. They're like, I bet you didn't know your iPhone could do this, right? And I'm like, no, I didn't know my iPhone could do that. So I, I'm wondering, like, when it comes to implementing some of these, uh, some some of this technology, it's all great. But if the client doesn't really know how to use it, then it's a great tool that just looks shiny in your garage, right? So when when uh, clients come on board, what's the expectation? What's the learning curve? Uh, and how does your company kind of help them use the data that they're collecting? That excellent question. <laughs> and I have to say, that's probably one of the best things I, when we talk to our clients is that 
we don't want to give you a dashboard with all kinds of areas that you don't, with the information that you don't need, because you're going to look at that and say, oh, I don't know what that button does. I don't know what that button does. I never used it. So one of the things that we do and when we work with our clients, we sit down with them and we sit with different stakeholders. We don't sit with just the, the CEO just because he or she signed off that, that purchase order. We have to go back and, and actually sit with, let's look, let's look at the sales teams. Let's sit with the inventory team. Let's sit with all the different stakeholders who actually touch that particular, uh, that, that they're going to touch that application and say what's important for them. So we customize the dashboards for them. So we're not going to give them a bunch of buttons that they're not going to have, that they're not going to have a need for. So in this particular case, we only give them what they need in order to, to get their job done. And it makes it a lot, a lot more efficient with the operation because people are being more efficient with utilization of what they need versus just giving them redundant information that's not going to be not even touched. Yeah, so the so the organization, if I'm hearing you correctly, the organization has all of it put together, but each individual department head, for example, might only utilize a specific uh, version of it or a specific part of it to help them complete the job. So you're you're, you're thinking of the entire sales process, right? From from right. development of the product all the way to the consumer gets it. Everybody has a different responsibility throughout that process, and you're mm -hmm. providing the data, the tools necessary or the information necessary for that specific department but what about the overall like does that mean i have to have somebody on board that kind of knows the overall game or is it kind of like where we consult you based on on what information we need going forward it's, it's kind of a hybrid hybrid approach in that particular manner because we like to have people at the facility at the the uh, the organization that we're working with uh that's actually very familiar with it they're 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 familiar with it enough so they they'll know that hey don't don't ever touch this particular button right here you know but they'll know exactly have a general idea what's it for and then if they need extensive training we can actually walk them through or coach them to actually help them go to the next level for it so it, that could be a government that could be a school that can be a university or a different uh a fortune uh, 2000 organization that we're working with that we actually want to make sure that somebody at that organization has a really big grand idea of what what it's for and everything is documented because we like to provide manuals and documentation because what if that person leaves the organization you still have full documentation uh, of what everything that happened and why it happened and reasoning behind it and so uh, that's what we do so we we believe in actually putting on a hybrid approach so we can actually um, work with our clients. And I have to say one other thing. I think one of the best things that we work with that I can say uh, as the leader of this organization, what I've learned over my almost four decades working with business, you have to build relationships with, uh, with, with the people. And you and we don't want those relationships to be a one and done. We want that relationship to be a, a lifetime relationship so uh, that we can actually help our clients. No, and that, that totally makes sense. I mean, uh, my brother was in the Navy and uh, he's an he's an SOP guy, standard operating procedures. Right. He says in the Navy, the the SOPs are written in blood because somebody got hurt and that had to create a process so that that per so nobody else would get hurt going forward. And I love how you said, you know, when you're creating these systems, you have the manuals and the SOPs in place so that anybody can come in and plug and play. Right. Because that's the idea. McDonald's is the greatest system in the world because it's literally run by teenagers who have zero knowledge about the restaurant space, right? Nobody needs to have any experience to come in and operate the system. And I'm imagining that when you come into a company, that's kind of the idea is to put a system in place that anybody can come in, quickly be trained and start operating and running uh, the system that's already in place, correct? 
Right, 100%. And also, you want to make sure that when we're, we're putting these uh, these uh, systems in place so they actually have their information, what if that industry has to have a compliant, they have to be compliant with someone or an organization? You want to have everything documented. You want to make sure that you're meeting whatever government requirements that are, that are uh, for that the industry have to have. Everything is documented. So in case there's ever audited, you have everything documented in that particular manner. So yes, that is true. That's correct. Man, and so on top of that, compliance, right? On top of that, it's it's CYA. It's making sure that everything is documented. I mean, that's that that's the benefit of having the crypto market as well, right? That having the ledgers on multiple places is so that you know exactly what's happening, and there's no question, no doubt. Nobody's there's no way for anybody to fudge the records because they're living on a multiple places. Right, hundred percent correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that's really the key to what you're building here, All right? Well what's what's the process like if people want to come on board and and work with you or you know i remember you know in my backgrounds in insurance and taxes and real estate in my insurance agency when we moved from one crm to another crm there's a long process to get all that done and there's a period of time where we're doing double entry to make sure things are working correctly yeah. so when people work with you what's kind of that process like what's that expectation or time frame look like Yep. So and, and the time frame actually depending on how much work that they want to have done with it. Uh, but what, what we like to do is instead of just having just a conversation with myself, we will bring on our team. So we'll bring on a project manager. Uh, we may bring on a solutions architect uh, individual, somebody who actually understands technology. Uh, we may bring on developers to, once we figure out what kind of software applications that we need. So the team may be the initial team, I should say, the initial team, just to get the uh, idea of what we're looking at. It, it may be four or five individuals on that that those particular what we call discovery calls. And then once we actually have that, then we say, okay, now we can build sub teams from here on out to actually go back and tackle whatever the project may look like. Uh, but the team, once they contact me, I'll let you figure out, uh, do, do a general assessment as to what what is the what are the deliverables, deliverables the client are, are seeking, uh, what is the main expectations that the clients are, that, that the client may want. And then say, okay, let me get some basic information, such as what is your platform, what infrastructure you're using right now, what kind of software uh, that they're using. Just get the basic information. Then I know what resources to reach out from there, and then we'll build a, that that small discovery team. When when you uh, when you build it out, do you build it out using the tools that already exist? Do you kind of retool everything into your own system? Um, do do I run parallel for a while until I completely roll over? Well, we'll always like to run parallel because they don't run any problems because you want to make sure everything's working. And I think about the, uh, I read an article this past weekend about the the difference between like the Southwest Airlines uh, situation that happened uh, over the holiday series. And then I read a, an, an article from a, a senior executive that worked at Spirit Airlines. And he actually outlined, said, hey, look, in order for us to pull this together, we were making the same change that Southwest were, was making or they should be making. And he said, we have to run everything in parallel once they got into a really uh, a big a conundrum, because once you run it parallel, you, you're able to test it. Um, mm -hmm. So that you definitely want to do that, run everything in parallel before while you're running it, just to make sure you can actually expose any kind of glitches, because you never know what's going to pop up. So you want to test everything methodically and meticulously. You want to be very diligent with the testing. Um, then you asked me another question before that. I forgot it. But, but you definitely want to run in parallel just to make sure everything's working correctly. You asked me yeah. something about the team.
Yeah, we don't uh, we don't want to have big mistakes. Mistakes are going to happen, right? These, these right. are this, that's kind of what we're looking for. Actually, when you're running parallels, you're you're looking for the mistakes. You you have your traditional system that you've already been using, and then when the new system doesn't line up, this is where you can kind of look at what mistakes have been made, so you can kind of fix those. So that when you do roll over, you've already kind of hit a lot of those bumps. Right. And your other question that you were asking for. Uh, and I 100% agree with you there. Is do we actually use new systems, or do we use uh, completely new, uh, or use uh, what they currently have in place? If we can actually use what the client actually already have in place, uh, uh, that would be best. Uh, some uh, many in most cases, unless it's really outdated, or there's a better, much faster way to do it. Um, so a lot of times you can actually take, especially if it comes to computer hardware. You may want to upgrade the hardware to something a little bit different, but the same applications may be still used uh, depending on what, what it is and, and uh, how they want what they what the client really wants to have done. Man, and that's the thing about technology today, right? It's almost like, well, that tool doesn't work. I kind of use one tool over here. I kind of use this other tool over here. Maybe a zap could kind of bring them together, but you guys kind of look at the whole thing and be like, look, that's 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 a process. Let me show you an efficient way to do right. it. Because uh, you guys have the ability, the the developers, uh, the, the teams over there to kind of put this process in place so that you don't have to kind of use a zap to bring things together. You have a team to create that process all the way through, correct? Right, right. So solutions architects, data scientists, data analytic uh, individuals, uh, solutions architects, project managers, and of course the developers. So we have all those, that's pretty much our core team uh, that we use to, to get started with projects. Sweet. Marie says we're running out the uh, the time frame here on today's show. If people want to reach out to you, they want to find out more, how could they do that? You know, the best way is to actually email me directly, mhamilton at infinivate.com. Uh, that way uh, I'll actually get the information for it and I can actually give you a call back. And within 15 to 30 minutes, we can actually go back and figure out what is the problem that you're having. Our job is to solve problems, problems with technology. So that's the best way to, to reach out, mhamilton at infinivate.com. Perfect. All right, Maurice, I got a couple questions. You've obviously been on a number of different podcasts. You came to me from Todd. Shout out to Todd out there. Uh, and, you know, you're going from podcast to podcast. And I'm, I got a question for you, man. What was your experience like on the business bros? Uh, it, it, <laughs> it was fun. You, I, I love that entry, that, that, that introduction that you gave. It, it made me feel like, oh, okay, let's get this started here. Let's go. You know, it's one of those rah, rah, rahs. Let's go. Let's get this done. Uh, so it was exciting. And I, like, your questions were excellent. You're very spot on with the questions and your analogies. Uh, so it's not your first day there. So, uh, But you made me feel comfortable. You made me feel welcome. And, uh, and it was I, I really enjoyed this podcast. I'm glad. I'm glad. Look, my background, uh, I spent a lot of years. I still have a tax practice. Taxes is not the most interesting topic to talk about. So I had to find a way to find things a little more interesting, bring a little more energy. And I get it. Technology could be one of the most interesting things out there. Like I get super pumped when I start talking about yeah. AI stuff and what possibilities are out there. Yeah. Uh, but for other people, they look at that stuff and they're like, eh, not my thing. If I could bring enough energy to talk about what you're doing and talk about what you're, what you, you know, build some content out with you smiling, talking about your business, that's the goal, right? So <laughs> thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, one more time. Uh, email is the best way to reach out to, uh, to uh, Maurice here. So it's mhamilton at in, how did I say that? Infinitive? Infinitive. Infinitive, yes. 
There you go. Infinivate.com. Or you guys can go to his website also, www.infinivate.com. Scrolling across the bottom. Maurice, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, technology's out there. Like, it's here. There's no hiding from it. I mean, it's it's there. But are you using it efficiently in your business? That's the question. So if you are wondering if you're as efficient as you can be, or maybe you want to look at increasing your bottom line by making making things just a little smoother, make sure you guys check it out one more time. Scrolling across the bottom, www.infinitive.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Infinitive. Infinitive.com. Infinivate. There you go. Infinivate.com. Scrolling across the bottom. All right, Maurice, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today. Peace.